um, Comic Cuts and I, we're going, we are starting a podcast series where we are going through basically every single superhero film and TV show of all time. And so we are starting with the MCU. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through every superhero film. And then after that, we have a second channel that we created called the Fantasy Post where – because, you know, we're not just superhero nerds where we're going to talk about Harry Potter and a bunch of other franchises. Um, We are going to be doing a John Wick episode soon because John Wick is coming out in the next week. So, you know, we're going to do all of our other movie stuff over there. So um, if you haven't, uh, please like and sus- I mean, please subscribe to the fantasy post because we're going to be posting some stuff on there as well. But so today to start off the MCU, we are starting with Iron Man 1. So we both watched Iron Man 1. And so we're we're really going to talk about Iron Man one, and just the importance of that film. And you know, if you want to join us, join us as we walk through you know the, the the MCU films. And on the Saturdays that we're free, we are going to do a watch party as well with with like well whatever film we're on that week as well. So, um, bro, do you remember how excited you were to see Iron Man one? It's funny because I didn't know what to expect of it, and I felt like it came out of like left field, and I wasn't expecting it to be as amazing as it was. And I remember walking out of the movie theater like, "Holy shit!" And you know, I was thinking about this a lot since I watched it two nights ago. You know, like, and we're gonna stick to Iron Man today, but keep in mind, like that Iron Man. Captain America, First Avenger, Thor, Avengers, all four of those movies were absolute bangers. And it set a new precedent and it built the comic book movie fandom. You know, it's, and without Iron Man, you know, listen, the success of that movie, and it was so good. It re, and this is what I was going to say before, like, it really reinvented Iron Man as a character. You know, um, and the comics today are more inspired by that movie than they are the history of Iron Man comics. Sorry, I didn't know the mute. I I 100% agree. And but by the way, if if, if you guys are asking, the movie that we're watching next week is The Incredible Hulk. Okay, so just letting you guys know, we are going in cinematic order. So um, the first five movies are going to be this: Iron Man one. Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor 1, Captain America, First Avenger. That's the first five that we're going to be watching. Okay, so yeah. So for me, bro, I mean, you know, obviously you you and I have a large age, not large, but a pretty nice age gap. So I was like nine years old. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was, and I hate to say this, I hate these films now. I was on the Christopher Nolan train during this time. Um, So like I didn't really understand how important this actually was until 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 honestly like avengers one so what? Like, hold on what christopher nolan movies do you hate i love his movies no like you you know how i like despise the dark knight right right that's what i figured but you and you yeah. christopher nolan i thought you might mean like inception no 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 yeah. i was i was on the dark knight craze you know like dark knight just came out you uh-huh. know i'm freaking like i ha- i got the batman suit i'm I'm freaking, I, I freaking think I'm Christian Bell. I'm talking yeah. like I'm nine years old, so you know I'm like right, right. I'm not wearing hockey pants. I'm not wearing hockey pants. You know I'm I'm on that wave. You know, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. And so basically, um, but I was excited to see Iron Man. Um, you know, wa- like watching Superman Returns 
I felt like that was when CGI took like the next level because Superman Returns, as much as the plot sucks, bad. Oh my god, that movie does hold up well, CGI and graphics wise. That movie was amazing. So going into Iron Man, I was expecting, you know, kind of like, and they were kind of branded to be like the best, next best CGI, you know, the next best graphic, you know. So watching Iron Man uh, 1, I was just in awe of how great it was, you know. And um, I, as a as an eight-year-old, I read Demon in the Bottle, which was hilarious. That is um, hilarious. Yes. So I didn't really understand it, but I will say this, right? So um uh, two months before iron man came out my uh my, my parents bought me a marvel encyclopedia and so basically i still have it to this day i actually just bought the dc uh encyclopedia look you hear this I, I didn't i don't think i knew the mcu existed until the second avengers dude we're young man we're young you see yeah. it's crazy so my my to be fair Sorry, I was just saying I didn't oh, know God. it was called the MCU till around then. I just knew Marvel yeah. movies. Like I didn't call mm-hmm. it the MCU. Yeah, exactly. So, bro, I got this encyclopedia. By the way, I, I have to freaking I gotta I gotta buy one, dude. They're freaking amazing. But um, so basically I did all this reading on Iron Man leading up. So I came in like kind of knowing everything that was kind of going to happen because it tells you the whole entire like you know his whole entire like origin so it uh-huh. was it was it was iron man one was the first time where i've read something on in comic book paper that actually came to screen and that's why to me iron man was important when you read dark knight you're not you know dark knight is a kind of a different or like nolan's batman was a different portrayal of batman you know it was kind of nolan's twisted mind of how batman was supposed to be it's not necessarily like, like, probably that right. Pattinson's Batman is legit, like comic book Batman. Like, right. there's no like, like, there's no type of like line. And you kind of got the same with with Tony Stark's Iron Man. It's like you're kind of you feel like you're opening up a page to a origin comic book. Yeah. And so that's kind of what left like a long lasting effect on me, and that's what got me into reading a bunch of Iron Man comics right after. Yeah, you know, um, I didn't read comics at the time. I wish I did, but, uh, you know, like looking back on Iron Man comics, they're completely different. Iron Man was never like front and center in the Avengers stories prior to that movie. And, you know, the the Extremis did come out before uh, that movie did, but an Extremis helped inspire the Iron Man in the MCU. It especially inspired the Iron Man 3 movie. But, you know, like, I do think that, you know, Tony Stark was like, you know, this fun, likable playboy character and everyone liked his douchey bravado. Uh, I know at the time, like, I was like, he's the fucking man. I mean, I still am. He's still my favorite Marvel character till this day. And if that movie didn't succeed the way it did, the MCU wouldn't exist. So... You know, like, I know there are a lot of people, like, today who, you know, get into the MCU a little bit later, and they don't all like Iron Man, especially in today's, like, socio-political environment. Like, a lot of people, you know, have it out against, you know, rich people, the whole eat the rich thing, which I think is just absurd. But, like, you know, if you are a Marvel fan and you're not an Iron Man fan, just know you wouldn't have any of these movies 
if it weren't for Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark portrayal. And you have that to thank for everything that came after. Yep. And like, you know, and we talked about this on our last episode, they you know Robert Downey wasn't like, it's not like this man had a peachy clean acting career, you know? Mans was coming off for like a bunch of just crime. Like, not crime, but yeah, crime. Honestly, yeah. crime, man. You know, just doing, you know, being on the drugs and stuff. And he came back with this big banger. And not to mention right now, let's let now let's let's dig into this character of Tony Stark because this movie takes a is a very interesting take on the story because you start the movie with this cocky guy he's rich he gets all the girls the movie starts with him sleeping with this with, with this girl and and when I was nine years old I was like I love this movie already you know my little they don't do that anymore heart. by the you way I mean? exactly Disney, that doesn't happen yeah there's a cap on that so you see that he has no idea what the real world actually is, what people go through in other countries. Then he goes to the country to show this, you know, really cool explosive tech that he has. He gets attacked. He then sees that his own equipment is being used against him and that people and that the enemies are using his tech to put terror on other people. And so then, and then I'll let you continue after this. So then we get to another part where the money doesn't mean anything. The only thing that he's viable for is his brain. And so we see a man, and this isn't even the part where he hits full growth. This is just survival. We see a man who's the richest, one of the richest men on the planet have to use his brain and his and thought his process in his hands to escape from the hell that he is in. And I'll let you continue from uh, that. And I want to quote uh, Obadiah Stane. Tony Stark built this in a fucking cave. You know? <laughs> and, and he did. He built it in a cave. He escaped. And he get, he comes home and he's like, you know, we're done selling weapons. And everyone thinks he's crazy. And, you know, usually, you know, if you are a genius especially the way tony stark is people already think you're crazy so he doesn't give a fuck that people are gonna think he's crazy he's yeah. like no this is what i'm doing we're not selling weapons anymore everyone that's close to him in his life thinks he's crazy from pepper uh happy uh, obadiah stain who obviously you know becomes the villain or was the villain the whole time and ordered the hit on tony stark um you know but he didn't care about it at all. And, you know, it's it, that's why, like, I don't understand when people are like, oh, I don't like Tony Stark. Like, he did the right fucking thing. You know, most people in that situation would have been like, fuck it, I'm going to continue selling weapons, you know. Um, and that's the thing but, about Iron Man that's so amazing is that, you know, we didn't get the first suit. And I, as I said, we, 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 uh, talked, we, talked, we talked about this last episode. But, you know, you know, even, you know, like, even though, you know, even like when you take a look at all of the other movies, except except Batman, uh, Batman Begins is a Christopher Nolan film that I highly respect. I love that movie to death. And and Batman Begins, he didn't get the suit. But, you know, when you take a look back to like Christopher Reeve, Superman and any other origin film, to be honest, they usually get the suit on the, the first try. So I'm happy that, you know, coming into this film, we get we get three. We, we get two trial runs before we get to the, the actual final suit, which was super awesome. So 
I, I, I want to say something, and I think it applies to both Iron Man and uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. I do think that if you had Batman and or Iron Man in their OG suits, like those vintage comic book looking suits, I don't think they would have had the success that they did. I think, you know, when like that first, I think it was the Mark III, they called the first suit that he built when he was out of the cave, you know, like I do think that part of that movie's success, that suit had to look fucking cool. Like, you know, it, it felt like a Ferrari. Um, and I think that the suit in Batman Begins had to be a cool looking suit, not necessarily an OG comic book accurate suit. And I think that, you know, making the movies look good and appealing to people that weren't into comic books was trivial to the success of, of both of them, you know, because you got to remember, and I know I say this all the time, but it's the truth. Like they didn't have the comic book movie fandom as a luxury to bank on today, you know, yeah. today. And maybe that's where, and, and sorry, sorry, sorry I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt. All good. But All good. It's just because bro, you were legit dropping gems and, and I, and I want to drop it with you just so like, we don't get caught up in like a, a, another thing that might be. That's why I think the failure of Ant-Man might be good for the MCU because of the fact that they got so reliant on the main fandom and not the fandom that matters. Iron, the, Iron Man one is so good. Thor one is so good. Captain America one is so good. Captain America, the Winter soldier is so good. Do you know why? Because they're not making the movie for the main for the, the random fans. They made these movies for us. For diehard Marvel fans, and so I and think that's that, you went over the larger fan base exactly, and and I really believe that these failures are, you know, like regardless of how bad these projects get, if they get down to the rock bottom where they were before, they have to go back to that formula. So sorry, just had to comment on that. No, I 100 percent agree, and I think that they have had this luxury of. They make any movie and it's like wildly successful and uh you know and most of them work because they made them for us yeah and and mo and most of the times you know i think that it, and i mean this is the way that me and you approach youtube right you and i have a niche that we hit but it's but you know there but we end up hitting everyone at the same right. time and that's what that that's what the the infinity saga was mostly mm -hmm. is that they're making these films trying to target the main core audience, but they end up hitting everyone because the content is just so just vast and good. And now it's like they're and now the calculations are, you know what? Let's make these films for females. Now let's make this film for a certain type of man. And that's where they're not hitting it because now they're not generalizing like the fan base. They're, they're taking certain parts that they like. It's a real problem. And, you know, like there was a leaked recording of like Disney. And I think that they said they want like half their characters, you know, execs being LGBTQ and like all this woke stuff. And it's like, it's very clear that that's what they're doing. Everybody knows it. I know there's going to be some people that are going to be upset. I'm saying this, but like, keep in mind, I'm not, 
like everything I'm saying is true. Like you could look it up. There is a leaked recording of a Disney executive Zoom meeting where, you know, one of their top execs said that's like, you know, they want 50% of all characters being LGBTQ or something along those lines. I forget the exact words. And, you know, it, there hasn't been any Marvel movie. You know, I mean, I can't even remember the last Marvel movie that came out where there was a main character and then they also introduced a strong female character. And you know how I feel. I, I already said that I think that they ruined Doctor Strange with America Chavez. Um, you know, even and even in Black Panther with Conda Forever, they already had Shuri as the Black Panther, and that wasn't enough. They still had to introduce Ironheart. So, you know, and, and I liked Ironheart. I thought that Ironheart was great in that movie. But the point is, is that they need to put the focus back on the main characters, and especially on a movie like Love and Thunder. And, and, and even though I hated what Taika Waititi did with that movie, and, and I even if you remove Jane Foster from the equation, I like Jane Foster, but like the movie's know, still bad. <laughs> the movie was bad. And, and, yeah. yeah, with Jane or not, that movie is going to be bad. But my point is, is that with a character like Thor, when you have so few OGs left, you can't afford to, you should have played it safe and stuck to the original formula with a character like Thor. You shouldn't have made, taken the risk and gone and, and made Jane Foster the center of the movie. And you definitely shouldn't have let Taika Waititi, you know, do whatever the fuck he did. I mean, exactly. seriously, that dude and, should you know, never direct a comic book movie again. Agreed. There's a slap in the face to fans. Terrible. Thank you. Thank you for that L, Tyga. But <laughs> I do I, – I, I am not against the prominence of females in films like it is. Like, I honestly don't have a problem with that. And the reason why is because I see what Dave Filoni and John Favreau did with Cara Dune. I saw what they did with Bo Katan. I saw what Dave – Filoni did with the Soka. I saw what Dave Filoni did with Sabine Wren and Hella. Like these are like those are all prominent female characters in Star Wars, and they don't eat up any other character. Like so, and, and like prime example, right? Mando Episode Two, we get both Katan being a heavy hitter for the episode. She's she's the most important piece of the episode, but this is what happens: they don't. They don't mention the fact that she's a female. They don't like, like they don't, they don't try, like. I, I don't, I don't think the issue, and, and this is why I think Hawkeye works. Hawkeye works because not one time Clint Barton mentions her identity. That's why right. Hawkeye works. Black Black Widow. People. They should have gave her a trilogy. They should have gave Black yep. Widow a trilogy. People, people love Yelena Belova. Do you know why, bro? Because they don't, we don't care about her sex, right? It's not like shoved in our face, yeah. and, and it's the same way. Character. And it's the same way with the men. We don't care about Tony Stark's sex. We don't care about Steve Rogers' sex. We don't. And so, when you make a focus about the sex of the person, that's when us as fans we got to step in and say, "Hold up, bro." Shuri didn't become Black Panther because she's a girl. Shuri became Black Panther for another reason, and not to mention Bastard denied her 
to become the Black Panther. She wasn't even qualified or worthy to be, become that. And she went through no trials. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting mad. I'm getting mad. Okay. Let, mm-hmm. let me stop. Okay. Back to Iron Man. Okay. Let me, before well, I go to well, I want to say one thing on Iron yeah, Man. You know, by the way, if, if say they didn't use Iron Man and they didn't kick the MCU off with Iron Man and the first Iron Man movie came out post Endgame, you know what would have happened? It would have been called Iron Man, but it would have been Iron Man and Rescue. And you know how little they centered on Rescue? That a lot of you probably don't even know who I'm talking about when I say Rescue. Rescue is Pepper Potts' character when she puts on the suit. She came into the full What an awesome scene, by the way. Awesome scene. She was there for the very end of the Endgame final battle. She put the suit on and... They never even called her rescue. They didn't make a big deal of it, and it just worked for the scene. But if Iron Man came out today and they were to do the trilogy post, it would suck because it would be focused on rescue, not Iron Man. And they also gave the females a whole scene where they fought Thanos, and it was amazing. Yeah, things and they killed it. They killed it. Yes, things were great subtle. Like when you when you subtly do something, it works. When you like Miss Marvel was amazing. Yeah, honestly, Miss Marvel, man. When I when I think of top ten projects, that movie might be up there, man. You know what else I also really like, and I know a lot of people hate on it, and I I, I think it kind of goes along with like what you're saying, even though they did force it down our throats with Captain Marvel, hundred percent. But it was a good. It worked. Movie. It worked. It worked. It worked. It, worked. it was a good movie. But I do think that they would, they'd be better off releasing the Marvels a little sooner and not shoving the female characters into these movies, like you know, and taking away from the title character. You yeah, know, bunch them all together, that, and, and and they should be doing that with 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 a lot of other characters because Black Widow didn't get her own film for, for a reason. So why would you go against that formula? But okay, so back so back to Iron Man. All right, so boom, so. We see that Tony Stark is trying to make changes, but he's still addicted to this lifestyle. Lifestyle partying, lifestyle of being a hoe, <laughs> also, and just being the stubborn Tony Stark. But on the low, he's building his own suit. So obviously we get we get the test suit, Easter that's an Easter egg to war to war machine, which which gets us all hype. But now we see a we have Three prominent relationships in this film, and I want you to speak on these relationships, all right? The three prominent relationships. One is the relationship with Rhodey. Two, the relationship with Pepper that we see in this film that's starting to brew the romance that is coming in. And the third is we see the relationship with Obadiah Stane. Yeah. Now, do me a favor and speak on those three relationships, and then I'll go back into my narration mode. <laughs> you know, what I liked about the Obadiah Stane relationship is that even when he didn't know, because he didn't know Obadiah did all that stuff till like the very end of the second act, beginning of the third act, uh, at that event that he wasn't supposed to be at, that red carpet black tie event. Um, but, you know, the whole movie, Obadiah Stane was in his ear trying to manipulate him to get Tony Stark to do what Obadiah Stane wanted. And Tony Stark wasn't having it. You know, he, he, you know, stuck to his guns. He didn't let Obadiah Stane, you know, control his actions. Uh, And, you know, I thought that, you know, it kind of showed us that like 
this guy who everyone thinks is like so crazy and out there and out of control. Like he's very much in control. Um, what I really liked about the Pepper Potts relationship was like, again, this guy who's like so crazy and, you know, such a ladies man, like he really did, you know, you could tell he really had a thing for Pepper Potts. You know, he almost kissed her at that event and then he didn't like, you know, he was a little nervous. And, you know, I kind of think that it, it humanized him, even though I hate that word, but whatever. Uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, Rody, the one thing I don't like about the Rody thing is like, I, and I love Don Cheeto as Rody. I love Cuba Gooding Jr. as Rody, but I don't like that. Oh, by the way, that wasn't him. It was uh Howard. Um, it wasn't uh Cuba, Cuba Gooding. Gooding. It okay. was his name is Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Yes, yes. Terrence Howard. So, Sorry. All good. So I, I just think, <laughs> Terrence Howard and Don Cheadle's Brody are two completely different characters. Um, so that is the one thing I didn't like, but I like that. You know, what I liked was that, you know, like the, the one thing I think Rhodey served a really good purpose in the Iron Man movie was, you know, at first Rhodey like didn't really take him seriously when uh, Tony Stark came home and he's like, I'm not building weapons anymore. And he's like, listen, I got to show you what I'm working on. And Rhodey like wasn't having it. And then there was that, you know, training flight. You know, and there was the mishap and, you know, Iron Man's, you know, saves the Air Force, uh, the Air Force soldier out of the sky. And that, that's when Rhodey was like, OK, I'm going to take you seriously. And he had kind of had to earn his friend's trust back. So I kind of just saw that as like the hero's journey. But it was the hero's journey in a one of a kind Tony Stark kind of way where, again, everyone thinks this guy is like out of control you know he's a genius but he's an unstable genius we shouldn't take him seriously and next thing you know they're taking him very seriously and uh so i think you know roadie's relationship with tony stark helped show you know like kind of the growth of how people were perceiving him within the film movie right. i hate i hate using the word yeah. film because i feel like people always say it to be pretentious yeah, right? just call it a fucking movie exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. action. all right now yeah. lastly now, now to, to close off the, the the character relationships talk about his relationship to uh pepper potts in this film so you know pepper potts also thought he was kind of crazy but like you know she had a good relationship and like i said i i think she, she really helped to humanize him like he, you know, he was like nervous to kiss her on the terrace at that uh, at that like big event that he went to when he wasn't really invited, but he kind of showed up anyway. And I thought that was really cool. And you know, um, I, like when she, I don't think it was that she didn't trust him, but she was like so nervous at the end when she was like gonna, you know, pull the power or whatever it was to you know, electrocute Obadiah Stane on that roof. And he was like, do it, do it. And it was very different than the, you know, Bruce Wayne, I don't care about what happens to me in, in, in the Batman, but it was, you know, he was willing to like sacrifice himself because he was like, you know, 
again, he didn't want his weapons and his technology in the hands of the wrong people. And that meant everything to him to the extent that he was willing to die to make sure Obadiah Stane didn't have that hand with him. So I listen, I think that Marvel, when they made that movie, I think they knew two things. Number one, they got to make Tony Stark flashy and fun and people are going to love that. But they also have to, you know, show that he's like a real hero and he does have principles. He does have, a, you know, moral standards and he, you know, cares about that and he cares about it very much. And I just think the fact that he prioritized, um, you know, he prioritized killing Obadiah Stane on that roof, it, even if it meant sacrificing his own life, you know, he was prioritizing his weapons not being in the wrong hands, which is what he said at the very, you know, right when he returned to America from the Middle East. And, you know, I, I think it all came together really nicely because he was also telling Pepper Potts to do it, to, you know, pull the plug or whatever uh, mechanism it was that was going to, you know, electrocute Obadiah Stane on that roof. And I think it played in really nicely because it also shined, shown a nice light on their relationship. Like Pepper Potts was like, I'm not willing to lose you. Like, I don't want to do that. It's not exactly what she said. Uh you know, w with her words, but it's what she was saying with her actions. And, uh, yeah, I just think it all came together really nicely. And, and by the way, shout out to Gwyneth Paltrow because she also was a perfect casting for Pepper Potts. And I don't think people talk about that enough. Um, but, I, you know, I wonder if it was a different actress. I don't think that, you know, like, I just think that movie worked together with all the moving pieces, like, so perfectly um, that if you changed like anything, I, I just don't think it would have landed as nicely as it did. I agree. I agree, bro. Iron Man 1 teaches us something, and this is the lesson, or maybe this is just like a something that you need to see from this is this. When you live a life of, of lies or when you live a life of not taking things serious, when you actually get serious – you have to go to the limit of darn near death for people to actually take you serious. And I believe that was the frustration with Tony Stark is that he saw an issue and tried to fix it, but no one took him serious. That like he was actually serious about what he was trying to do. And this movie proved and this movie bro, it's, it's so deep. And this movie proved how serious Tony Stark actually was about his tech and keeping people safe, which also gives Tony Stark starts Tony Stark's arc. Because there is something selfish that he does in the battle. Tony Stark would have never sacrificed himself. I don't think it in this film. And, and with the Obadiah thing, you don't think he would have sacrificed himself? No, no. He's too prideful for that. Um, but I he think almost did. He, he just got lucky. Or he fell, I remember? Because he, he was holding onto the roof from beneath the glass. I felt like he planned that though. I don't know. I feel like Tony Stark is so freaking like plainy that I, I felt like he knew what, what was going to happen, in my opinion. But that's fair. But I think that I I, I really do believe that Tony that Tony Stark's like that Tony Stark's mission in this film was I need to get the people that I love and adore to take me serious in my life. And he did that. 
Yeah. And I think that him telling the world that he's Iron Man is an extension of that. To telling the world, I am serious about this. Right. And obviously, Tony Stark gets in his head and it all falls to crap in Iron Man too. <laughs> but this movie was very pivotal for it to kind of start the arc of Tony Stark, which which leads into a, bu- a bunch of other things and adventures while planting a seeds for more. By the way, the I am Iron Man, I'm like 90% positive that that was a spontaneous ad lib and it wasn't in the script. And John Favreau loved it so much they just went with it. Probably. He probably he probably had to say something else and he just and now he was like, no, I feel this in my bones. Yeah. So freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah, so, fucking killed it. Yeah, he, he was so good. So, and then obviously we get a end credit scenes with, with Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson, which is pointing us towards that next future. Um, and so, and that's kind of how it ends. So yeah, that is really like our little narration on Iron Man 1. Iron Man 1 is such a great movie. What a... Iron Man 1 is the perfect start to the Marvel Universe. And the, the movie's grounded. It doesn't go outside of the Earth. But it shows us that there are some threats out there that we need to be worrying about sooner or later. Yeah. So, yeah, guys. Uh, so that is really all that we have for today. Um, as I said, for all the audio listeners, I'm going to split these clips up. So tomorrow you'll, you'll get a part one and a part two. Um. So thank you guys for watching and listening. So just to let you guys know, let's get some things situated. So we are doing a Mandalorian watch party tonight at 3 a.m., number one, um, as usual. Uh, and I will be uploading some, the reviews for each episode. Um, I've kind of been behind on that, but we're going to get those up as well for episode one, two, and now three. Um, and we're going to be getting some videos, answering some questions. We're also going to be getting – you're also going to be seeing more of comic cuts on this page. He's going to be making videos on here. So it's not just going to be me, uh, like my 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 face all of the time, but comic cuts, all of his theories, everything that's on his mind, he's going to he's going to start posting. So you can you can start seeing the both of us on this main page, not just podcast, but on you know there. Now, quick question. Now, quick uh task for all of you listeners, because I know a lot of you guys like to listen late, right? I know that like you guys don't come come with us on on the live stream, but like afterwards, you guys come and listen. Leave a comment below, like and subscribe, and comment any topics you want us to want us to, to talk about. If you have any questions, comment it. If you have any comments, comment it. Or if you, or yeah, if you have any questions, comment. If you have any points, comment. And if there are any guests that you want us to get on, leave a comment, and we will go after that guest. And we will get get them on. Um, I am working on a guest that will be coming on soon. His his nickname is Tree. Um, he does video gaming, so he has a lot to say about Suicide Squad. He's been raging about this game for the past like three days, and it's actually been hilarious. So we we are going to be we're going to try to get Tree on uh, to talk about some some superhero gaming. So thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Thank you. As, yeah, as we said again, guys, like and subscribe and show some love. And I saw that one of you guys subscribed to the fantasy post, so thank you for that as well. Have a wonderful day, y'all. Peace. He ended.